Welcome everybody back to Vale of Sound video interview Sunday. And now we're talking with a band, but it's not called Sunday, not Monday, but wait, see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. So Drew Slavic, a guitar player and one of the masterminds behind See You Next Tuesday is with me. Drew, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, by the way. This is really cool. <laughs> so, I feel honored just, you know, just in general. Like, it's 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 amazing to be part of so many of these. And so, I mean, thank you for doing this, man. I feel I feel very honored. You're, you're welcome. First question always, what is the band merch or shirt? Or I don't hope, I'd hope it's not going to be pants. The band merch of the day that you're wearing. Oh, oh, shoot. I didn't, I don't have any merch on. I, here's the thing. I read your questionnaire. Is this cheating? Should I not say this out loud? Oh, people it can know that we I, send out the questionnaires before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I read it ahead of time and it said I can self-promote. Yes. Of so course I thought, can. yeah, because we're, you're in Germany. Um, so uh, in Europe, we have a Deathwish Europe exclusive variant of our yes. record. So I, I have a, my, this is my personal copy of it. And I, I wanted to show this off for all your fans. This is something yes. that's available in, in all of Europe. Yeah. So that's Especially the has baby pink. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, the yellow is translucent too. Ooh. And then the yeah, black, so I can like see this, myself. <laughs> yeah. The black is a standard black. You got a, a highlighter yellow translucent and then yeah. a super opaque, like baby pink very nice. so yeah those are that that's what i chose to show off as far yeah as no problem very nice so everybody get this at yeah, wish europe i think in germany they sell through king's road merch um and if you can't find it online anywhere visit your record dealer and get it uh so yeah. i also always pluck something i know that it's hard to see it's basically not even possible to see because <laughs> i was gonna say is that like navy blue on black no no it's it's black on black actually oh good yeah that i got from a friend of mine uh maybe the best screen printer that we have in, in europe not in germany but in europe uh le septium Oeil, uh from france so a little shout out oh, to cool. my friend Lionel. Uh, folks, if you ever wonder who does these wonderful DB Murmorti production special limited editions, that's always Lionel, and he always comes up with stuff that is hard to believe. So give him a little love, go to DB Murmorti, look for the special editions. That's the good stuff. That's awesome. So, Drew, where are we catching you right now? I know it's Michigan, but Michigan is still a big state. Where are you? uh yeah um so i'm in i'm in a little town called bay city michigan um which like we do the whole mitten thing if anybody's looked on a map michigan looks like a mitten um so like detroit is like kind of yep. here-ish mm -hmm. and i'm about here ah. so like, there's a, bay, a big bay right here yeah, yeah. i'm right on the on a beach and stuff actually the cover art for our record um the the cover girl we shot those photos um, in the state park here in Basin. Oh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> so one thing that I all that always confuses me with your band name is the orthography. So let's get this straight. Uh, is it meant to be written as one long word, as four words, or however you want to do it? Is it all together, together with capital initials, with only a capital S? How shall we write? See you next Tuesday. 
Yeah, um, in in like publication and stuff, we prefer four words all first letter capitalized. So S E E Y O U. Yeah. And oh, all capitalized. Okay. No, no, just the first letters. Ah, so the initial. Yeah, so okay. Capital okay. A, capital S E E. Yeah. Capital and yeah yeah yeah. Well, yeah yeah i get it i get it okay so that's good to know yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so four separate words not not crunched together yeah that's like cu space cowboy does that no we put the yeah. spaces in um <laughs> so let's but then like if you want to just shorten us we prefer cunts so just call us cunt no no i kind of <laughs> call you cunts because we're in an la band but with that name it doesn't work you know, it's like, but, but I, I like That's, I like the way that you just said that. You know, like S E E S C U next Q. Yeah, it reminds me a lot about the question: like, is boy is it boy sets fire or is it boy sets fire? Um, yeah, but like, let's get to four, the new four record. separate words. Yeah, let's get to the new record. Yeah, sure. Distractions. Um, you know, how many distractions were there for you as a band between the last release and this one? Um, well, I mean, for me, um, it was one big one. Um, well, it was one, one thing that I had to find a distraction from, I guess you can say. And that's kind of how this whole record came about. Um, I don't know how much you want me to delve into the, the, the proper details, but in, in, a, in a nutshell, in October of 2020, um, I said goodbye to alcohol. And it's I have not had a drink of alcohol since since October nineteenth. So I'm a little over Very 30 minutes. Yeah. Um and um I'm a mailman. Mm -hmm. Um and during COVID, I worked a lot. Like a lot, mm -hmm. a lot, a lot, like 70 mm -hmm. hours a week. That's not even a joke. Okay. And uh yeah, between like realization of alcoholism coupled with overworked coupled with you know trying to hold a marriage and a family together and mm -hmm. all that stuff um you know i was sober for a few months coming into december of 2020 and my wife said get a guitar and get yourself something nice you've been you deserve you've worked a ton and i bought myself a new guitar and just kind of started going for it you know like experimenting tones and stuff like that so ultimately like just uh, a potential studio project not necessarily scenic tuesday but just something that instead of being like hey let's go out to the bar and grab some drinks or go to the mm -hmm. liquor store and, yeah. and sit down and watch a movie i'm gonna i'm gonna go into the studio and i'm gonna record guitar tones and uh, play around with drum tones and, you know, mess around with some synthesizers and just see what happens. And then, mm -hmm. you know, a few months go by, it was actually January of 21, towards the end of January 21. And I wrote, uh, what a funny girl you used to be. And that's kind of when it was like, okay, that's, uh, I'm getting somewhere, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't know how much you want me to go onto that tangent right off the get go, but um, no, that's all good. Yeah. So, but but still, that doesn't. Ex I mean, like that doesn't completely explain the more than ten year gap between. Oh, gotcha. Those releases. Yeah. Um, honestly, I, you know, we disbanded back in in like twenty two thousand nine, early two thousand ten. 
And um, it just is one of those things where we were over it. We had a, a few bad luck things happen. You know, we got some issues at the Canadian border and intervals wasn't really as well received. You know, we're trying our hardest to get on more metal tours to try to go with the more grindy sound that we produced mm -hmm. with intervals, or at least that we felt we produced with intervals. Mm -hmm. But um, the tours we kept getting on were, were were different stuff, more, you know, hardcore uh, stuff. I don't know. And I'm not saying that that's the reason why we didn't do well. But again, the, the record wasn't as well received, yada, yada, yada. You know, we we just just we just were like, ah, let's take a break. So mm -hmm. a break just became a hiatus. You know, it's like we were just gonna call it for a little bit. Honestly, like the clicking, the the ticking clock at the end of intervals, that was mm -hmm. meant to lead into something. It just mm -hmm. never came to fruition. Like everybody's life's just kind of starting. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, we we all just started jobs and stuff. And then you know, back in 2015. Um, we got an offer to do a festival here in Michigan mm -hmm. and a bunch of really rad bands were on it and stuff and we weren't really doing too much and I said why not you know we, we, uh, we did a couple shows nothing serious and, you know, we didn't take it serious mm -hmm. yeah. 2016 we did another show 2018 we did another couple shows again nothing too crazy but you know mm -hmm. we had some fun doing it and blah 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 blah, blah. and then you know this time that window there from like 2015 up into 2020 i had started drinking again yeah um not that i was like reckless but like um earlier in my life like my teens i got into stuff mm -hmm. uh, alcohol was, was namely one of them and during my 20s i found sobriety and started uh soonings tuesday so it was kind of like my not necessarily distraction at the end more like i had quit for years and See next Tuesday was my way of going out and doing something in the public again without feeling mm -hmm. like I needed to drink. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we did those other shows, 2015, 2018 and stuff, I'd been drinking. Not like I was, like I said, not, I wasn't reckless, but I wasn't taking anything serious. Mm -hmm. You know, and it wasn't until COVID happened where like, it just got out of control. Mm -hmm. You know, I became like, the, the person that didn't stop drinking until they blacked out for, you know, seven months in a row. Um, it wasn't until then that I took it serious that I found my mm -hmm. sobriety. And, and, and as weird as it is, you know, this band is now twice given me a good reason to move on. You know what I mean? And honestly, I will say this too. Um, I owe a lot of this to my wife. Mm -hmm. She's, she's a strong woman and, and her and I both have, um, uh, our, our vices we're mm -hmm. kind of like the perfect pair of demons you know what i mean mm -hmm. and uh she was actually the one that found the strength back in october and and, and mm -hmm. sought help which led me to to fucking get my shit together you know mm -hmm. what I mean? no that's that's awesome because i think like a lot of people always you know we, we all say we need strong people at our side and you know it, yeah. Then we, I have a feeling as if a lot of people proclaim that, but don't really want it. And in your case, it yeah. sounds as if your wife is the stronghold, right? And that is the way it's supposed yeah, to be. We're, we're each other's strengths. Though, yeah. and that's how a partnership should be. You know, I feel that way with my band members too. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I get up on stage and I well, have to trust these Your band members are your you know. wife? No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm not married to my band members. They're nowhere yeah, near as cute as my um, but you know, like I have to trust that they're gonna, you know, yeah. perform the same level I do and stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know. But uh um I was about to say that, you know, like honestly, I think it's more strength in a human being to say you need help and to yeah, seek definitely help. definitely. I like totally it takes agree more that. strength to do that yeah. than to just do something on your own because if so- you do it on your own. The, the the reliability of relapse is so much higher. I hate totally agree with that. True. Sometimes things are bigger than you. You know, that's it. That is what it is. So we started talking about distractions, and when people listen to the record, I guess for a lot of people, especially for the uninitiated listener, it sounds like a lot of chaos on the record. But I think that, yes, chaos, but ordered in a very good way. And how much time did it take to come up with these compositions? Forever. I'm the slowest writer. (laughs) Um, So I I, I openly said that I, I started writing right around december of 2020 and i finished like i handed over the masters to josh schroeder um who, who did like the Lorna shore and um before purging actually he recorded our this was a tragedy ep it was his first recording ever so full circle story there i handed those over to him in june 1st of 2022 mm-hmm. so it took me um just shy to two full years to write the record so i mean it was it was it was a process but here's the thing is mm-hmm. it's like i got a life you know like of course uh, i have a i have a wife i got kids I, I was a mailman but um the biggest thing i would say is like my job was a lot of help you know i wrote in my studio at home mm-hmm. and um i was able to write songs in sections you know mm-hmm. Or like I would record ideas and I'd listen to them all day. And then I'd listen to all the new records that come out, you know. My Spotify rap from like 2021 said I listened to for like 184,000 hours or something like that. It was in the top 1% of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> it made me feel pretty cool. Like I listen to a lot of stuff. I mean, if you got a band and you want me to listen to it, I will. Because I walk eight miles a day from my job. Mm-hmm. No, it's serious. Like people will, yeah. you know, like send us a band and be like, hey, I'm in a band and it'd be really cool to play together and they send me something, I will listen to it. I might not respond right away or not listen to it right away, but I'll I'll listen to it. I do that. And I'm excited to do that. You know, like, mm-hmm. I search new bands. I have five new bands on my Spotify right now that I found <laughs> in an article that I was reading this morning that I'll listen to the next time I go to work because I want yeah. new music in my life. Yeah, yeah I mean, just... Being able to soak up all that stuff was nice, but yes, methodical is is how I feel about music. You know what I mean? Like because mm-hmm. I had such opportunity to be so analytical, mm-hmm. that's where the organization comes from. You know, mm-hmm. but so so how do we have to imagine that songwriting process? Mm-hmm. Were you writing parts? that you later thought, okay, this could work with this one and that could work with that one? Or did you set, sit down and think like, okay, I, w- I want to do a song like this and then worked on that one song for as long as it took? Um, honestly, in I, 
this kind of answers a question I know you're going to ask in a little bit because I've read your questions. Um, but Strange Music was the only song that I wrote almost the entire time I was writing Distractions. I almost kind of nicknamed it Distractions. Like it, it was the distraction of distractions because mm -hmm. that was the song that I kept coming back to. Mm -hmm. But other than that, um, they're not in order in the way that I put them. They're not on the record in the order I wrote them in, but um, I did write one song at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, What a Funny Girl You Used to Be was the first song I wrote. Mm -hmm. uh, this Happy Madness was the second song I wrote. Mm -hmm. And as far as like, how did it start or how did I work on it? Really, it was just, um, you know, I would listen to music and get inspired, whether mm -hmm. it be, um, you know, other grind bands or other metal bands. You mm -hmm. know, I also listen to a lot of electronic music. Um, mm -hmm. I love um, bluegrass music. Billy mm -hmm. Strings is a huge influence to me. Mm -hmm. um, Django Reinhardt and uh, Gypsy Jazz, you know, that type mm -hmm. of stuff. I played upright jazz in a um, swing jazz band for many mm -hmm. years during the mm -hmm. hiatus. Um, but yeah, I mean, all those different influences, and like I would save stuff on Spotify. Mm -hmm. And then I would like go back and listen and be like, okay, I want to do... So for example, like you've listened to the record, right? I did. Okay, so the, the song, uh, What a Funny Girl You Used to Be. Yeah. Like I knew that I wanted that... I, the, the song started with that ring up and that was just like an idea I had a actually I mean it was just I don't know as simple as it is you know I was like I want this like long ring out of blasts and a quick stop and then it just comes in slow and sludgy you know and and mm -hmm. that's like how I just had that idea and then I just implemented stuff you know like I was honestly I was listening to Sepultura and you know that opening riff kind of was a, uh, a spark from war for territory yeah you know they have that dun 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 yeah i know i was listening to that and i was just like man this is a killer groove and i know seven thousand bands have taken that same riff and done the same but who cares it's open one you know like um that fretboard stuff um but yeah so i mean that's just like it just kind of it starts with an idea mm -hmm. i i i'll have like a, um a mechanic in mind you know mm -hmm. like it had like i'll have some a box to check when i when i'm mm -hmm. making a song you know or like going into a song i'll have six ideas and it's going to be like okay i i have this weird like scaly thing that i was working on but i also mm -hmm. have this weird like um drum pattern that I had recorded, you know, like the the end of this happy madness, that mm -hmm. um, kind of 6-8 feel thing. Mm -hmm. um, that drum pattern I had written for so long. I, I sat on that for years, actually. That was a drum mm -hmm. pattern. I went back to some previous recordings and stuff and pulled that bad dad out of my hat. But I was just like, you know, that's just, it's just... I don't know, man. Like every song is so vastly different, and, and mm -hmm. too many things happen in the course of two years when you're writing a record. Like the process that I did, you know, because mm -hmm. it's not like I was writing intervals again, where I was just I didn't have a job, you know. Like when I was in Scenics Tuesday in my twenties, that was my job. It either was mm -hmm. home writing or I was yeah. touring, yeah. and I made a living doing that. You know, not a good living, but you know, it was fucking awesome. So I'm not gonna complain. At about the time, it. the best of lives, right? 
Yeah, and I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't exchange that for the world. No way. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was the best experience. When listening to the record, there are obviously just like you said, so many influences. You know, I've I've heard yeah. people call this deathcore, like mathcore, sure. blackened hardcore, grindcore. I mean, like first of all, it all comes back to hardcore, right? Sure. In some way, yeah, it's always core, hardcore. Core, core. Exactly, <laughs> because it's never black metal or death metal it's always core yeah it's got to have a sentence nowadays weirdly yeah. enough you know in america if you call it hardcore it's very specific like if somebody no one calls us hardcore in the states nobody yeah because here hardcore like is you know not loose that's hardcore. yeah Sick you know, of even it though they're yeah exactly well yeah obviously <laughs> bane <laughs> Reunion, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty sure. rad. But They're hardcore. Is, is there any description or, like, label where you select, okay, like, that in some way fits our band? Or do you just simply say, like... That, that we prefer? Yeah. Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I personally am a huge grindcore fan. Like, mm-hmm. to the core, like, that's that's the bulk of what I listen to. Like if you were to flip through my catalog of music, 53% of my music is grindcore. Everything else I listen to falls into like that 47%, right? Yeah. So inherently I want to say that we're a grindcore band, but I know we're not because we don't sound like a grindcore band. And, and grindcore is one of those weird genres where it's like, if you're not that specific type of grindcore you're a false grindcore yeah, yeah, like, yeah you know i i think that i think that sawtooth grin has a grindcore sound mm-hmm. like an influence it's a modern grindcore but it is it it's 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 weird because you know i listen to rotten sound obviously you know they got a record coming out too and they're fucking insane they're one of my favorite bands obviously they're grindcore there's no question about it Right? No question. But, you know, I, I, I say that in a lot of interviews as people ask a similar question. It's like, yeah, see you next Tuesday is probably about 51% Grindcore. Mm-hmm. So if we're trying to win a custody battle here between all the other genres and Grindcore, I feel like Grindcore is the one that would win the bat, mm-hmm. the, the custody battle by 1%. That's about it. Mm-hmm. But with that said, Extreme Metal is fine. Mm-hmm. Or but then again, but then again, we're at the point where you're like, "Is this metal?" You know, and I I know a lot of metal fans, right. especially here in Europe, would say like, "Nah, that ain't metal. It's yeah. not black. It's not that. It's not right. But I I like the way yeah. that you're thinking. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, it would need the core title to really. Yeah. Yeah. I I it, I mean, what would you call us? One one genre. Don't don't give me a paragraph. I know what you mean. Techie, I mathy, take... hardcore, black. No, 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 no. I, I would take grindcore because I think yeah. well, thank if you. if we if we split up the oh this is true grindcore and blah, 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 if we take that away and remember that genres change and influences come in and right. you know hardcore is not what it was. 43 years ago it's not bad religion yeah, this it's is, not this circle is 2023 jerks. yeah exactly. exactly right so <laughs> and of course a band like stick to your guns 40 years ago would not have been considered hardcore 
but in a certain way, they epitomize what hardcore can be in right. 2023. Also, like Sunflower, like um, right. Calistow Boys. Yeah. But at the same time, also like bands like Gospel or City of Caterpillar. And they're all completely different, but they're all hardcore. And with right. Grindcore, maybe being the most extreme form of, right. of hardcore. And I'm leaving out stuff like porn grind and cyber grind and all that stuff. Blah, 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 yada, yada. Yeah, yeah. But when we think about a genre evolving and allowing influences in from the outside, then your new record yeah. is definitely grindcore. And that is leads me you. basically to another question, because when we listen to your record, which I really, really like, by the way, we listen to a band <laughs> that does grindcore, but you also hear loads of other stuff. Which is very cool, you know. You well, that's what I was saying. Like, I was kind of keeping the pie chart, you know. I I, I try to keep like the grind core of fifty one percent. Yeah. <laughs> when you listen to it, it struck me, and I was asking myself, like, how can they do this live? We do. So, we do. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's I mean? Uh, currently, we play four songs live. Um, mm -hmm. We do all three of the singles live. And mm -hmm. we are we are doing this happy madness live currently. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean we're only a we're a four piece, you know. So so some of the dual guitar stuff that you do here in the record do get sacrificed. But I do on our live situation, I do run stereo guitars. Mm -hmm. We have guitar cabs on both sides, bass cabs on both sides, so it's just loads of fucking loud. Um, I do have a sampler and a synth. Mm -hmm. that I do take with me as well. So a lot of like the sampling and stuff, um, the How Insensitive track, where right? we I do a version of that live. I actually mm -hmm. put that into my modular synth and create my own version of that for live, but I use all those voices. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, overall, there's some, there are some videos. If you want to check our YouTube, um, just see next Tuesday Grind. Uh, for those that are listening, we just we just kind of got a handle on our YouTube, so it's really small. We only got like 600 followers right now, but we put a that lot needs of needs to change. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we put a lot of content out there. I did a bunch of playthrough videos and stuff, which are just a ton of fun. We're just like we're sitting around here, like just biting at the, you know, biting our nails, waiting to release this record. And <laughs> the biggest thing is we wanted to have a grasp on vinyl. If you're wondering why it took so long, it's because we wanted the vinyl to be ready. We didn't want to release a record and then like eight years later, people yeah. practice. We're fine sitting in the background. We're fucking patient. I'm not, but I made myself. You know. Yeah. So yeah, that, does that answer your question? It does. It does. What yeah, also yeah. is striking is the difference in song track lengths, you know, with the <laughs> final track, Strange Music, where right. if I remember correctly, we're a little over seven minutes. But then there are also yeah. two short fuse bumps, uh, Glad I'm Unhappy and Call Me Irresponsible, which tick in below a minute and not yeah. even close to it, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like 30, so, 35 seconds. Exactly. Seconds you know, it, that, that reminded me a little bit of like classic hardcore or classic grindcore uh yeah. how how much fun was it to write to come up with that kind of stuff uh actually it was a ton of fun and i'll be totally honest with you those two songs um were some of the last to get done and i mm -hmm. wrote those two songs in 
about the span of two weeks, which is insanely fast for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I was, um, my, I had a big inspiration from uh, Jane Doe's Phoenix and Flames. Mm -hmm. um, the, the distorted drums in Jacob Band and just screaming, right? Yeah. And um, that's where Glad Unhappy came from. I was just, mm -hmm. um, I was listening to Jane Doe one day and I was like, man, it's just so goddamn killer. And I kept hemming and hawing because there's like some electronic stuff all mm -hmm. throughout the record, right? Yeah, it is. And um, and I wanted, I wanted to do uh, like you said, a nod to the, the classics and have a couple shorties, um, to the classic grindcore, I should say. You know, to that's why it's just blast mayhem for thirty seconds. Um, but I wanted it to be fucking weird if I was going to do that, you know, because why wouldn't I? Um, so yeah, like uh, that song. So I took the drums for um, um, uh, "Glad to Be Unhappy," right? Mm -hmm. So I, I I created the drum track, and I split it fifty fifty. One side went to a delayed track, and the other went to a distortion track. Mm -hmm. And that kind of synthy effect that, mm -hmm. that you hear—that's yeah. actually me me hand pitching the frequency of the distortion. The drums are running it through. And then I wrote a, a synth bass line that that kind of just did that the crescendo the do 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 and then it just gets to wobbly nothing and then yeah. obviously we play a little bit of guitar at the end so that's totally. one that we're going to incorporate into our live sex it'll be really fun there's literally like six eighth notes at the end where we play together <laughs> and it'll be really rad so um, yeah it, they were. It was incredibly fun to just fuck around with Ableton because I used Ableton Live. Um, mm -hmm. I originally got into recording and stuff by creating um, electronic music. When mm -hmm. I, I uh, worked at a guitar center for years and I got into studio and just the the playing around with synthesis, you know, adding two signals together and making weird sounds and stuff. It's just so incredibly fun. If anybody is interested, go do it. Just, just take the leap it's a blast but uh yeah and then same with um call me Irris uh, irresponsible the other short boy uh similar thing you know I, I wrote the drums and then what I did is I midi mapped those drums so each each hit of the drum gave me a new midi track mm -hmm. and then instead of like I would just replace the snare with a sound mm -hmm. so like I took a lot of like um um, scratching sounds, distortion sounds, like I'd do stuff on my synth that are just like buzzes and pops and stuff. And I would put little short samples in on those MIDI hits so they would synchronize with all that chaotic mm -hmm. blasting. That's what you're hearing in that song. So both of them are just drums triggering synthesizers. And it was a blast to make. <laughs> yeah, but they, they are also placed very nicely within the record, you know, they're like, <laughs> although they basically should although it basically should feel as if they're taking all the breath out of you, they, in fact, at least for me, they do the complete opposite, you know? <laughs> they like they are like, okay, I cannot, I cannot follow this anyway, so... <laughs> um, you Worry also about that song when you listen to it the second time. Yeah, and uh, you also already basically gave me the, the answer to the next question. So those two songs are of course easier to write than something like strange music, right? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say easier because um, 
those those two ideas of of the drum stuff, the distortion mm -hmm. frequency shifting, and then mm -hmm. the the, the, uh, the MIDI mapping. Mm -hmm. um, those ideas were things that came up over the two years, mm -hmm. and I just had written them down in a note in my phone. Mm -hmm. And it was like a month away from finishing the record. And I'm like, I, I was actually still working on Strange Music. That's the last thing I finished. There's actually mm -hmm. six more minutes to that song. Because it went all electronic into this weird doomy industrial thing. Oh. And we're just, we're just like, I don't think it doesn't really go anywhere. It didn't go yeah. anywhere, and and I kept trying to back it up and back it up and back it up, and then eventually I just left it at that segue. Mm -hmm. That was meant to be a segue. It could be for more. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I mean, um, those electronic songs are easy to write once you have them because yeah. um, electronic music is so experimental it's not like a guitar where it's like okay i'm in c sharp major and i want to you know flat the seven to give it a little distress and you know like there's there's a rhyme or reason to guitar playing that i tried to push the boundaries for but you know it's not the same as synthesis you know like mm -hmm. like playing off electronic music you can literally it, like you shit can just happen and you don't expect it and the outcome can either be total trash and just straight noise or it could be something somehow that's musical enough to run with mm -hmm. and i think like those high-pitched howls in uh call me irresponsible mm -hmm. where like there's that break and there's just that big howl it kind of sounds like the vocalist of the body as soon as i recorded yeah. that like i was making that sound it, it reminded me of his voice and um, I was like, oh, shit, that's fucking bad. I don't even know what triggered there and what effect it was running through, but I had it been recording. Because I would record and live fuck with stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I'd record like large sections and then go back and be like, this part's cool. And, but that's the beauty of electronic music because it's all about mm -hmm. slicing. You know, like yeah. I'm, an M I'm an MPC kind of guy, you know, like those mm -hmm. old MPCs. Like I remember playing around with those as a kid. And like, you know, that's you load a sample onto 16 pads, slice it up, and you would make a beat out of like samples, you know, slicing. Yeah. yeah. That's so yeah, it's 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 experimentation versus like methodic, being mm -hmm. methodical. Like strange music was so you know, it's it's weird to think how hard it is to write something so easy when you write a record that's so much going on. Yeah. But like the I feel like it is harder to fill space than it is to fill chaos. Because if chaos is going on, sometimes people can't even ingest it on. As long as it's in extreme, it can be awesome. I mean, listen to some of the bands out right now. Um, you know, like the guitar tones are so fucking filthy. Like one of my favorite bands, Last Days of Humanity, they're a Dutch gore grind band. I don't know if they're mm -hmm. familiar. Just filthy i couldn't tell you what they're doing on guitar for the most part <laughs> but it has a vibe man and i love it and um that's the thing though it's like you listen to this like amenra right mm -hmm. one of my favorite they're one of my favorite um you know um on that doomy sludgy slow stuff you know because mm -hmm. they're such beautiful they're, there's so much beauty in their music even yeah. they're definitely like this this curtain of despair you know what i mean mm -hmm. and um 
And that song, Children of the Eye, you know, it just starts off so soft. And um, that was, I think, I think, um, you know, like, it's just, it's so hard to write something interesting when you're just ringing out one note. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and um, I would come back to that song over the course of two years. And I had two sections of it written, like the, 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 the B, the bridge, you know, mm-hmm. um, that section was written. There was like two parts on the, when I opened it up on the computer, I had the beginning and the end. And then I had that like acoustic stuff or the clean guitar stuff for the end. Those are three separate things. And eventually I just kept moving stuff around and I was eventually like, okay, this goes into this mm-hmm. sold. And that happened that like in, in like that connection of parts happened like April of 2022, <laughs> like right at the end, you know what I mean? Like, so it was, it was, it, that, that song was incredibly challenging, but did you buy the record? Like on vinyl? Did you I've ordered it. Okay, you did. Well, maybe I don't want to spoil this for you. <laughs> so I'm going to spoil it anyway, because I haven't got to talk about it yet to anybody. Do you mind? Or do you not mind? No, you just know? go on. We love Nurko. This is going to come out in April, so everyone else is going to get a chance to, to see this. They should have bought it, and they should have listened to it. Yeah. yeah, so if this isn't coming out by then. Okay, so when you get the record, um, side A says fast on it, and it is tracks one through twelve. And side B says slow, like right on the label it says side B slow, mm-hmm. and it is just track thirteen. <laughs> that, yeah, that was my idea. I had that idea since like the dawn. Like I wasn't even finished with the second song. As soon as like I thought of a record, I was like. If I write another record, I'm going to have to write a long song at the end because January and on and Paganography, it's kind of like yeah. a thing. You know, I felt in 15 years, if one thing was going to come back, I'm going to write a Doom song because I fucking love Doom metal, man. Like that mm-hmm. slow shit just speaks to me. And, um, and yeah, it just, it just clicked. I was like, man, record, like, there, I got to write a song. That's long enough on one side so I can have one slow ass song and a bunch of fast ass <laughs> shit. So when you flip, you know, you get done with this fucking just avalanche of blast beats, and then you're like, fuck. And then if you listen at the end of track 12, it's my voice recording there. I say, how do you distract yourself from yourself? Yeah. Right. And that's how that side will end. And the next song is, is the answer, is strange music. That's how ah. I distracted myself. So I answered my question, and that's where everybody, before you flip that record, I want everybody to think that. I want everyone to think of how they're how they're distracting themselves from doing stupid shit. You know, you need a hobby. Everybody needs something. You know? <laughs> yeah, and for us, it's. I guess that for most people who listen to our interviews, uh, it's music, because the interviews yeah. here are usually not like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nerd question. One of your tracks is called Day in the Life of a Fool. Being not, an not old Beatles. guy, I not had like, Beatles. okay, is this is this your version of the Beatles? A day in the life? Or what I came up with today, is that your answer to Faith No More? King for a day, fool for a lifetime. Or is it just an old boy who thinks he has to connect everything with everything? Here's the thing. Is your close. 
but I'm not telling. This is one I'm not breaking. Nope. We're close. Okay. Uh, somebody out there is going to connect the dots. Because our song titles always mean something. You know, and uh, obviously the Parasite, everything was a nod to pop culture. Uh, intervals we wrote as a band for the first time, you know, so we all had a collaboration in intervals and deciding to be serious and we're adults. So we had actual song titles that matched the lyrics. This, uh, again, I was writing these well before Fox even came over. Like I had, I had over half the record written before he started doing vocals, which, mm -hmm. you know, it's fine. Like, whatever, he could have waited to the end, but I wanted his input. It was important to me to yeah. have his input. So he started working with me on it and stuff, but he's a busy fucking dude. He owns a tattoo shop. You know what I mean? Like, busy fucking guy. And you're a good customer, eh? Uh, yeah, he just actually done a... That's nice. Here. Yeah, that's good. nice. Our bass player works at the same shop. He's also a tattoo artist, so they're really talented dudes. Um, anyway, I was answering a question. What were we talking about? A day in the life of a fool. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to give it away, but you're close. There's okay. something out there, but so moving on. For everybody out there who can clue me up and tell me why I didn't see something as obvious as that. Some, it's gonna, it's, somebody is going to connect the dots, and I hope this interview doesn't make it quicker than yeah. it should be. If, if you find it out, please write it in the comments. Um, yes, please do. Something else that struck me over the course of the last, let's say, 12 months or so. Uh, there are so many iconic bands from sh for, who were successful shortly after the millennium who are making a comeback right now. So we have um, City of Caterpillar, Gospel, Glass Casket, You. Is there any idea why? I thought I was hearing my dog around here. Oh, I was about to see a puppy. I love dogs. I got yeah. We have dogs. a puppy, probably... but she isn't in here, so I was wondering <laughs> where I heard it. You, you probably heard mine barking a little while ago. I left ah. the door open just in case she wanted to come see her. So, um, have you got any idea why? I, I would have to say COVID, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. Not only did new bands spawn because of COVID, so many other bands. I mean, people were forced to sit at home or work their lives away, but ultimately. Everybody went through the same shit. Everybody decided, you know, there's so many people out there that for the first time in their life went and sought therapy. There's so many people out there that looked at their lives in a different manner. You know what I mean? Like, obviously there's people that came out of COVID in despair and are worse off too, mm -hmm. you know, that, which is awful. I mean, that's the thing with COVID is it's just every single human being on this planet went through the same fucking shit simultaneously. Sure. Yeah, it was different for you because you lived on the other side of the world, but you were going through the same shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you Twice. either were at you, yeah, seriously. And yeah, you know, I mean, you either worked through it mm -hmm. and you wanted to die, or you were quarantined and you wanted yeah. to die. Not, not. I didn't mean that in like a suicidal sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. But, you know, like, you could, but like, you felt like shit. Yeah, I mean, people's mental health was at an all-time low. Yeah, so it was weird. For sure. Know? And I mean, look at look at some banging fucking bands that just appeared. You know, mm -hmm. um, uh, like Two Hundred Stab Wounds is mm -hmm. is one that just you know they they got together during COVID and and started writing, and now they're like an up and coming death metal band. It's fucking brilliant. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah, I think that you know I think the dudes in Botch, and I think the dudes in City of Caterpillar, I think. 
you know, they just were doing the same thing, you know, maybe they were gigging, maybe they were working, who knows, but they were sitting at home and something struck and everybody had to find their distraction. I'm telling you, man, like, yeah. it's not just a clever name. Like oh. everybody had to find something to hold on to, some shred of humanity to to pull out of that fucking shit. And we're still recovering. Don't get me wrong; it's not like it's no, no, it's not it's over. Gonna, it's not like it's going to be overnight or anything. But you no. know what? I'm I still haven't drank. You know, and in ah, uh, let's see, it's five o'clock my time now, so you know, just a few hours midnight my time. My, my record or the you see next Tuesday this record is going to be live for everyone to start streaming everyone gets to hear the rest of it and, and all the the leaps that I made with those electronic songs and a long song and all that shit you know something else that oh, strikes me when I look at <laughs> when I look at some promo shots of you you said that you listen to so much stuff it seems as if you're not the only one in the band because You know, I've seen shots of your band with one of you guys wearing a Portis hat shirt and another so one so with uh, somebody sporting a Bone Fox and Harmony shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, question Rick, must Rick be, listened. what are what other bands that you can all agree on? Oh, that we all agree on? Yeah. That's tough, because here's the thing. Rick, our bass player, listens to three bands, right? Mariah Carey, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and Cannibal Corpse. That's it. Like there might be some stuff like you know the flavor of the week. You know, I think he's got a. a I think he likes Gate Creeper right now. I'm not sure. But you know what I mean. Like uh, you know, he turned me on to some, some, some stuff every once in a while. So it's not like that's all he listens to. But like yeah, if yeah, you were to be like, hey Rick, what do you listen to? It's those three bands. Fox is pretty exclusively electronic music. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really listen to a lot of heavy stuff anymore. Uh, so Portishead, you saw him wearing the shirt in the promo photos. Yeah. Uh, you know, he listens to like Ghost. Um, him and I both really love Youth Code, shitload. Mm -hmm. um, Pet Brick is another one that's uh, pretty recent. Uh, author, Punisher. Him and I agree on that stuff. Actually, the most that him and I see eye to eye on musically is in the electronic field. Mm -hmm. And him and I were the two that That did all the, the writing on the record and yeah. stuff. So I mean, him and I are the two collaborators, I should say. Um, so really, weirdly enough, like those are the two connections. Though that's the music that him and I connected with was electronic music, especially the Dunia stuff. You know, mm -hmm. Youth Code, Ghost, Awful Punisher, you know that stuff's it's awesome, man. And and again, talking back to me making synthesis, it's just amazing because like that's where there's originality to be made because yeah. like i can i can plug in my synth you know i got one of those stupid euro racks with all the little cables and stuff mm -hmm. and i can plug that in and make a new sound that i've never heard before and you've never heard before it might not sound good or something to put into a song but there's endless possibilities with yeah. manipulation of a single signing so yeah electronic music is banging um, and then probably, you know, your classics. You know, we all love Cannibal Quartz. We all love fucking Slayer. We all love Painter. Well, I don't think Fox likes Painter anymore. <laughs> you know, I still, yeah. I grew up listening to Pantera. So it's like, you know, even with all the shit that Phil's getting, you know, it's, it is what it is. Great Southern Trend Kill is still a banging record. Um, all of us love Slipknot. 
Uh -huh. um, Slipknot's always been one of my heaviest influences. Um, uh -huh. Intervals of Parasite were both recorded with Nick Thompson, uh, Rivera Knucklehead. You know, like his guitar tone is through uh -huh. the years. I always appreciated that he always, they always stood out sonically too. They didn't just rip at fucking playing uh -huh. music, but they've always, they never fell into that 5152 screener sound. You know, yeah. if you listen, if you listen to What's Hot Deathcore right now, 98 out of 100 bands will have a 5150 recorded on the record because it's Probably. the easiest thing to mix. And it, they sound great, but, you know, you got to you gotta step out of the box, man. So Slipknot is, is huge for us. Tool's another one that we all unanimously like. Well, again, Rick's kind of iffy on that one. Um, the only loner is Jimmy, our, 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 our drummer. Which, granted, he is the, la the the most recent addition to See Next uh -huh. Tuesday. He didn't join until uh, just this past June. Um, and uh, he's a big country buff. He likes classic outlaw country. Like he's He just showed me that he ordered a Waylon Jennings shirt. So, uh, fucking hell of a drummer, man. He plays Distractions live. It's incredible. <laughs> okay. Learn learning that shit with him was, was a blast. Because, uh, you know, I, I wrote all the, the, the patterns and stuff, so it was very easy for me to explain it to me. You know. yeah, he's a killer. So one last question before we go to our infamous quickfire round. Ooh, um, you can cover any song you like with See You Next Tuesday. Which song and why? That's really, really tough. Um I actually have two. Is that okay? I'll, I'll, and there's a well. It's it's two part story. How's that sound? Okay. So for the longest time, I always wanted to do like a not a cover, but like a remix, like a mm -hmm. grindcore version of "Fucking Hostile," mm -hmm. because it's like a, it's a punk song and it's at its core. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. obviously it's dialed up by Pantera, but ultimately it's a punk song. You know. Mm -hmm. And just throw some blast beats in that shit. So for years, when I was in Scenics Tuesday, years ago, like before Fox was even in the band, when we still had Bear, it was always something that I brought up. And I know how to play the song, like, probably don't anymore. But <laughs> I, I learned the solo and stuff and learned how, like, I broke it down and, like, taught everybody. But we just never fucking did it because no one wanted to play a song that was in 30 seconds or whatever. I don't know. Just never came to fruition, right? Mm -hmm. um right around the time well, right before the hiatus this is part two this is where this is the actual answer i just wanted to get that other part out of the way um the actual answer is during uh right around the time of hiatus before we went on hiatus we just released intervals we got an offer to do like one of those cover compilations where like each band yeah. picks a song yeah. and it was refused um shape of punk to come okay and um new noise was was not taken so we like had put in for it and like some came up where like all these songs were taken but this song and then like we broke up and like it never happened so it is what it is but recently we were talking about doing a cover whether we will or not but recently we had been talking about it and i brought up that i always wanted to cover that refuse song and Jimmy and Rick were very, very into the idea. And Fox is asleep. 
and I haven't had a chance to bring it up to him, but he'd be the one that would really make or break it because he's doing vocals, and yeah, you know, he would have to figure that one out. <laughs> that is also I, I mean, to do. yeah, and and it's a it's a crushing tune, and we could do it straight as, and it would be in like a blast, and we could do it in a manic grindcore esque fashion. And yeah, it could be really cool too. We could fuck it up too. Who knows? Either way, we'd have a good time doing it. So to answer your question, you know, it's fine refused. So the quickfire round. You always get two alternatives, like roses versus tulips, and you have to decide on one of them. Um, and okay. maybe give a short explanation why. We'll start okay. off with something easy. City of Caterpillar okay. versus Saishia. Say I don't still don't know how to pronounce her name. Saitia, Saishia, you know what I mean. Oh, S A E T I A A. I'm I'm gonna sound like an idiot. Will you you're gonna have to send me that name because uh, I have not heard them, so I would have to say City Caterpillar. Okay. But uh, actually, I'm gonna. Can I do that? Can I have a second here? I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna add that to my list right now. Can I do that? S A S A E T I A. Oh, all right. Yeah, I'm following them right now. I'm gonna listen to that one on Saturday. 100%. Thank you for that. So let's go to something more recent. Sunflower versus Callous Dowel Boys. Honestly, I have to go Callous Dowel Boys because I listen to a lot of aggressive stuff at work, almost ex not almost exclusively, but my drives and stuff are when I listen to not as hard hitting stuff and their record just hits a little harder. Mm. And I love both of them. Um, but I think the 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 power level of Cal Stavos is just more aggressive. Let's go some more classic every time I die versus pick destroyer. Oh pick destroyer for sure. Oh my god, probably in the yard is a life changer for me. We played with them one time in, in Baltimore, and they definitely don't remember. But um, Scott Hall mastered um, intervals. I don't know if you knew that. But uh, mm -hmm. that was like one thing that I was like, he's going to touch this record or I'm out of the band. <laughs> uh, Converge versus Dillinger Escape Plan. Ugh! You're killing me because I'm covered in converged tattoos. I'm fucking stupid. Um, and Dillinger just doesn't have the same quality artwork that, that converged does. So it must be converged. Yeah, it's got to go converged. Honestly, I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. When I was 14, um, you know, I listened to Cold Chamber and Corn and Slipknot, mm. Nazi Osborne, yeah. Pantera. And I heard Converge at a tattoo shop. My mom took me to a tattoo shop to get my ear pierced because I refused to get the fucking gun at J.C. Penney's and smell like a pro because mm. I was hardcore. So we're Marilyn Manson shirts, damn it. And I walked <laughs> in there. I shit you not, it was like a fucking TV show. I, I'm sorry, this is taking too long. I walked in and Saddest Day started playing right when I walked into this tattoo shop. And this 14-year-old boy just shits himself. So it's kind of <laughs> Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your home state. The Lions versus the Red Wings. Oh, I don't care for sports neither. <laughs> uh, we'll say Red Wings because my wife likes likes, likes the Red Wings. Okay. 
Um, botch versus these arms or snakes? It's kind of botch. That one's pretty easy for me. That one, mm -hmm. uh, they're kind of like another one of those, like I, I just recently, I found them out in the same time frame as Dillinger and Olest and Daughters and stuff. You know, when I when I first heard Converge, we drove to the, the record store in Flint, Michigan and bought everything I could find with the relapse label. And mm. <laughs> but yeah, fucking botches on tour. They're coming on tour. We just emailed our booking agent and said, I know this is not going to happen, but can you just put us in the hat? Just one show. I don't care where it is in the world. Just please. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck for that. <laughs> um, deep dish pizza or Italian style? Deep dish. Here's this. Oh, man. So I have a pizza tattoo on my stomach, right? It just says pizza in Old English across me. Y'all see it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I stepped on my, my hands on the table. See <laughs> So anyway, um, I, I told my wife, I was like, hey, it's I'm releasing an album Eve, so we should celebrate. And it's a blizzard out right here in northern Michigan right now. It's super bad blizzard. Like she called off work and uh, it's like icy, mixy grossness. And I said to her, I was like, OK, then we're getting deep dish pizza for dinner. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's it's album release Eve. You get whatever you want for dinner. Deep dish pizza. So um, Detroit as, style, because I'm from Michigan. As you were talking about your love for Slipknot, um, people equals shit or Wade and Bleed. They have. I have so many memories tied to both those songs, but we all do. Yeah, I don't know. I I think as an angsty sixteen year old who took shrooms and cried about his girlfriend that broke up with him, Wait and Bleed has it by one point, because that one yeah. is just one of those that you just, you drove around and screamed when you were saying. Honestly, yeah. if I had to pick, it would have been I was. Mm -hmm. that, that was probably the one I screamed the most, but you remember being an angsty teenager and somebody... No, I never was. <laughs> Everybody so watches you, this. Yeah. <laughs> You 100% drove around. It was like, ah, so, no. ah, yeah, so we have two I left. Have... We have two okay, left. Go. New York City or Chicago? Uh, I'm not really a city boy. I've had really good experiences both places. I live relatively close to Chicago, so I go there more frequently. So I'll go mm -hmm. Chicago. So I'm only I'm a train I'm a four hour train ride, a six hour drive, give or take. So you also mentioned that you like at the drive-in. So I'll give you in casino out or relationship of command. Well, it sounds like I'm not going to get cool points, but relationship for sure. I just here's the thing: is MTV was a big influence to me. You know, growing up, MTV was still awesome. I'm 40 in a month, so I, I, yeah, right. So, like, you you know, and did you have MTV growing up? Of course. Yeah, yeah, right. It was it was a huge influence when it was. I, when when I saw this this band that I like I said earlier in the podcast I've been listening to for a while, 
when I saw them have a music video on MTV, I was like, holy fuck, this band like made it, man. This is awesome. Dude, yeah, I that- screamed that song. Yeah, that jam. And and uh, I remember because this was well before like uh, guitar magazine and tabs on the internet and shit existed. That was a song that like I taught myself. I remember as a, as a young buck, that was one I felt really good because it's hard. It is. <laughs> yeah, but I covered that song, uh, One Arm Scissor, in a nineties cover band I was in for a minute. Well, yeah, there are a few tracks on that record that are cover worthy, I would say. Oh, for sure. And they're palatable to even people that don't know the band. True. You know what I mean? And like if, if you're at a bar and you heard someone throw on, if you heard somebody cover a, a, an At The Drive-In song, specifically something off Relationship. Yeah. Um, it's it's palatable. I mean, you could sit there and enjoy it. You didn't know the song. It's like fucking, you know, yeah. I totally agree stuff. with that. So, Drew, thanks for taking yes. your time. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Thank you. And to everybody, if you haven't done so by now, as we're already in April with this interview. So uh, if you haven't done so by now, please listen to See You Next Tuesday's new record, Distractions. It will distract you for a longer period of time, I can tell you. So Drew, your chance for any final last words. Oh, geez. Um... No, 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 no. We don't do religion here. Oh, I said geez. Yeah, but uh, it's just us. Uh, no, I'm not going to. No, not there. I'm not going there. Uh, no, I just wanted to say thank you to, uh, like, um, I said this recently in another podcast. I don't mean to be redundant because people watch me more than one time. But um, that's their choice. Yeah, I, it's, I'm in a weird position putting out a record, right? And, you know, I put out, or not me. See next Tuesday is in a weird position. Me, because I'm talking, but um, us as a band and me personal in my emotions, uh, we're at a weird position. Um, we 15 years ago, you know, 16 years ago, we wrote, put out Parasite, and Parasite was very well received. It was chaotic during a time of all these fucking great bands coming up and pushing the bar in every single direction, right? Yep. Everybody was awesome. And music was so good not that it's not now but i feel like some it was man it was good differently good yeah differently good exactly it was it was a time to be different then you know then we rushed out and put out intervals and it was not as widely received um you know we took a drastic direction change from what most people thought of us but, you know, had they known that we've been playing those Parasite tunes for years, and we, we were already sick of them. We had already been writing new shit, and it had already been heavier because I was listening to way more like, grind-esque stuff, you know? Like, I was getting into heavier, heavier stuff. And that's just what happens when you stop listening to number 12 looks like you and Converge and stop, not that I stopped listening to them, but listened to them less and started listening to more just in your, you know, regurgitate was one that was just like, so good. Um, I'm sorry, I had a brain fart. What were we talking about? Any kind of last words. Oh, yeah, my last words. Shit, man. Oh, um, so yeah, it wasn't as well received. And now 15 years later, we're putting out another record that's even in another direction, third direction, third record, third direction. It's terrifying. 
I just want to say it's absolutely terrifying, but I wanted to say thank you to everybody that has given us such a welcoming response. Like the, the amount of supporters from yesteryears and the amount of people that just heard about us, it's, it, man, it's just, it's too much, man. Like it's, it's overwhelming how amazing it is. So thank you. That's what I want to say more. So thanks for being I'm, on the show. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. And I'm really excited. Thank you for turning me on to a band. If there's anything else you want me to listen to, send it my way. Well, if you want to, if you want to know more bands to listen to, just visit our website and you'll get something fresh every day. Hell yeah. (laughs) So thank you so much, brother. Drew, have a good day. Bye-bye, my friend. Hey, you too. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate this so much.